0: What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to The Edge with your boy, Michael Parsons, live in your Bleacher Report app. As always, drop any questions and comments in the chat and I'm responding during the show. I know a lot of you were probably worried about my health, but I'm back, baby. I am back. (sighs) The fever is gone. The chills is gone. The aches is gone. Everything is gone. The chest pain is gone. There was a lot of mucinex. There was a lot of everything, vitamin C packs, IVs, but guess what, I'm back, I'm feeling better. There is a little cough, so I would say this. Sickness will last about three to five days, there you go, if you're lucky. But hopefully you guys do not get it, you do not want this. A couple of other of my teammates that got it, listen, stay away from this, right? But simple, stay healthy, wash your hands. There's a lot of germs out there. Let's get clean, guys. But anyway, let's get straight into the Joe. Jerry Jones was joking after the game um, he had screamed this out and I wanted to have a laugh, but every time I laughed I would cough. So I feel like I'm about to cough right now. And uh it was it was like before the game, Jerry had came up to me, he was like, I know you're not feeling well and um you know, Jerry only talks to you at certain times in your life, right? Jerry, um if he likes you, he'll always shake your hand. So, um anytime I see Jerry, he'll shake my hand and smile. So I always say that's a good sign. But um He's not a man that'll give you a lot of words. He'll man. He's a man that gives you a lot of stories. So anytime he talks about the to the team or talks about anything, he brings up a past story. Um uh, and when I first met Jerry, he was telling me about uh, he was like, I know you're not feeling well, but I want to tell you about my story. Um, about this time I was in Arkansas. And when, Cause if you don't know Jerry Jones, obviously went to Arkansas and then played football. And uh he was like, I had to play a game and my appendix. Needed to be taken out. And it was just killing me. I barely could walk. I barely could walk. And I was feeling it the whole time. And, uh, you know, I was the backup. So if anyone went down, I had to go out there. And I just didn't want to lose my job. And he said, the first play of the game, that sucker got hurt. And I started chuckling. So I said, I guess you play. He said, Yep. I went out there and I had my best game, so I need you to go have one of those. And I was like, you got a boss. And um, you know, that's just Jerry. Um, and he, you know, he's he's just he's a funny guy, I would say. So that was it. I was I was sick as hell. At the day of the game, I think I woke up to the fever of a hundred or two and a half, and it was just it was just mind boggling. Um, I played multiple games sick before. I don't think sickness is a really excuse not to play. I believe something has to be broken, something has to be torn, uh, for me not to play. Um, anything else, I feel like you can deal with. They always say there's a difference between injured and hurt, and I just think sickness is just been a part of injury. You know, you're hurting, your body hurts a little bit, but it is what it is. But I'm feeling great now. That's all that matters. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I know y'all, everyone's talking about Air Ferg, Air Ferguson. Um, and he told a fan that he would jump over an eagle, and uh. That's fur. I mean, I mean, if first of all, I want everyone to go vote for Jake Ferguson. I think he's having a great year. I think he should be a Pro Bowl tight end. Um, the way he's came and step up this year is unbelievable. Go vote Jake Ferguson right now because he's an absolute dog, absolute dog. And, uh, he doesn't say a lot, but he talks a lot of trash. And I knew Jake would be a problem because we had a little altercation in camp. And, um, he never heard of me, so I don't want y'all to think that or anything like that. But uh we had gotten to it and he kinda pushed me out to the plate. I was like, oh, that's how you wanna do things around here? And you know, he kind of like, oh yeah, like bring it. Like, and you know, that confidence, that that, that kind of ego that he had to him, I was like, this guy, he's gonna be a fighter. Um, and he's gonna be a guy that he's gonna bring some energy to this offense. The vibe in the locker room was pretty high. I was obviously pretty low. I was pretty like, just get me out of here. I need to go home and rest. But we're number one in the NFC East. We have Bills, Dolphins, Lions, and Commanders remaining. And uh, it's going to be intense. I think this was just part of the three-headed dragon because now we have Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. And I think there might be an extra dragon because – we, we obviously cut off the, that dragon, but we got a three-headed dragon coming up here. The Bills are a monster. The Dolphins are a monster. And the Lions are a monster. And we also got a printer finish really well, finished really, really well. And it's great because all these teams are playoff-caliber teams. Um, And that's always exciting because you get to see these guys firsthand. And uh, it, it's super exciting uh, getting them early Jump on them, especially Dolphins and Bills. I think the Bills can make a great playoff push, especially at the rate of them beating Kansas City last week. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, this is a great team. And I don't think they should be slept on. They barely lost to the Eagles. I mean, a lot of the games they lost were very close games and just didn't roll their way. So we should not overlook this team. After the Eagles game, Dak Prescott became the MVP favorite. He's now over 3,500 yards, 28 touchdowns, and six interceptions. He's playing at a very elite level. Outside of stats, what makes Dak an MVP candidate? I would say outside of stats, Dak is a very good person. And I think he's a person that makes everyone around him better. I mean, I don't think he's just an MVP on game day. His whole process leading up to the games is MVP caliber. What he puts into the game is second to none. Always the first one in the building. Always the last one leaving the building, watching film. You know, even when I get there a little early, I see his car right there next to the coach's car. You know, Dak and then his energy at practice, uh, making sure people running the routes right, uh, putting the energy out, never having a bad day. Uh, You never know if something's going on with Dak because his mentality and what he brings to the game. So there's no doubt why when people ask me in week nine why I thought Dak was going to be an MVP candidate. I've seen the work. I've seen what he's putting in, and it's, it's so exciting. I wish you guys could witness it. And the gear he's putting together, we're going to be looking at one of the richest men in America, for sure. Um, he's going to be one of the richest men in America, and I know Dak's going to take care of me for the rest of my life because I'm supporting him. So thank you, Dak. Uh, it's an early thank you. Uh, I'm going to let you adopt me since you're having a daughter here in March, and congratulations on that too. So you can go ahead and adopt me now. So uh, uh, all jokes aside, but... I just saw a trending topic going around with Cam Newton's game management comments. A video came out this week saying Cam Newton saying Brock Purdy, Tua, Jared Goff, and Derek Prescott were game managers, not difference makers or game changers. He has since clarified what he meant. So let's listen to a little bit what he followed up with
1: identifying the difference between a game manager and a game changer. Game manager is not a negative connotation. Cam, what do you mean by game manager? My definition of that managing player is a player who has the ability to make the right play at the right time, protecting the football at all costs. There's times in my career where I figured this out. Sometimes, Kim, you don't have to Take over a game. Allow other players to do that. If we're getting personal here, there was times in my career where I did it. And there's times in my career where I didn't do it. When I think about ultimate elite game managers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, game changer and game manager is not something where I'm saying this person is not physically capable of making some great plays. I'm not saying that. Or I am not saying that they're not good players. There's really only three to potentially five game changers in the NFL right now. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Canty. I was listening to what he was ha- having to say, and he used this as an analogy. A game changer is a truck. A game manager is a trailer. A truck pulls a team together and pools and is the reason why this team is having success. A game manager is merely a trailer that's attached to something to make it go. When I see a guy like Brock Parity, yes, did he make hell of a throws? Yes. Is he making elite decisions? Yes, but he's putting it in guys like Debo Samuels and Christian McKay. Like, that's That's the point. When you think about those teams, first thing I think about with the Cowboys is the defense. Is Dak Prescott playing lights out ball right now? Hell yeah. But the first thing I think about is the lights out defense. When I think about the Miami Dolphins, it's Tyreek Hill. It's not Tua. That's not to say Tua's not having a great season. When I think about the 49ers, it's not Brock Purdy. This is Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, that unbelievable defensive line. Kyle Shanahan, who's calling his ass off with, with just putting the schematics in place. These are guys I with. These are people who I respect. Being a game manager is not something that it's a backhanded compliment. A game changer is this. As an organization going into the offseason, our main pick or our main emphasis on trying to decide a quarterback is, oh man, we got to go find us another A-Rod, the next Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson. And this may make a lot of people feel a certain type of way but it's the truth. I don't see people going into the draft as executives of franchises. They don't say I'm going into the draft to find another Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Tua Valoa." Remove you from that source and does that team still be successful? Most of those players that I named, those, those teams will still
0: be successful. I mean, to be honest, Cam has a fair point, right? And I'm not taking it away from any player, any person, not even my quarterback, um, because honestly, Dak is a difference maker. I think there needs to be a balance, right? There's a point in a game where you have the game under control and you need to learn how to manage a game. But I've seen at this point in time where we needed touchdowns and we didn't get stops, where we needed to be in position uh, to win games and our defense did step up you can't consistently always be the difference maker, right? At some point in your time, you have to be a game changer. Like you don't always have to be a game changer. You can personally be a game, there's nothing wrong with having a good team. And I think that's the problem in football and analysts, where we, we, we often take so much time into why a person's having success And we try to, like, default them for that, right? Because when Dak didn't have Brandon Cooks and he didn't have – MG was still coming back from his ACL injury, it was – Dak didn't have no weapons. He didn't have no one to throw to. Now that he's putting the ball into Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb's hands, uh, MG's getting back in the picture, Jake Ferguson, now he's just a manager. It's like you, you really can't choose, right? It's like we'll defend a guy if they don't have weapons, if they don't have the offensive line, right? And and we've seen that. We've seen that up Burrow. The year he went to the Super Bowl, his offensive line wasn't very good, and he had to be a difference maker. He had to be a game changer, extend plays, right? He had to do a lot, but he had the weapons, right? So we can't always fall, right? No no one's ever going to have the perfect O-line, the perfect receiver, uh, the perfect defense. I remember Dak uh, – when during his first couple of years when the offense was loaded, right? And they had all the weapons, but they didn't have a defense. Daz really wasn't known for defense. And no one talked about uh, was Dak a game changer or a difference maker? It was the Cowboys that have defense. They're putting up 30 plus points. Dak had over 4,500, 4,600 yards, but people weren't talking about the Cowboys defense then. You know, so I don't think that's a fair judgment, right? And... If, I think, and and it's painful. It's painful because we try to critique what's fine, right? Just let people play ball. Like I think people forget. At the end of the day, it's about winning, right? It's about winning. When Cam won his MVP, he was winning. He had a good defense. Cam went to the Super Bowl. He had Luke Kigley. He had Thomas Davis. Let's not forget the defense that Cam had at that time. The gear that went to the Super Bowl they they had that right so what what can we talk about here i don't think that you can look for a team and say and and to be fair right Kansas City wasn't always uh you know a defensive team they're starting to become more of a defensive team now right and we can say Patrick Mahomes carried a lot of that weight right but Patrick Mahomes had a a pretty good offensive line last year you know, you got Creed Humphrey, you got Tyler, you got you had Orlando Brown, he was a pro bowler, and he did have to make a lot of throws and a lot of risk. but he had Kelsey, but he never really had a receiver once Tyreek Hill left. But outside of him, who, who else can we really say that, right? Before, you know, like, I don't want to critique too many people, but it's just not a fair judgment. You're not always going to have everything, right? And, and it's just not fair at any day. Defense wins championships. You can't fault Dak Prescott for having a good defense, right? That that's not realistic. You can't fault Brock Purdy for having a good defense. That's the GM. That's John John Lynch. He's the ones putting this team together. He's trading for these people, not Brock Purdy. You know, at the end of the day, as a quarterback, you need to come to be prepared. You need to help your team win. That's, that's that at the end of the day, right? Football is a team sport. So it doesn't matter, and we saw this with Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter if you have 400 yards, five touchdowns, and your defense is not going to stop, you will not win. You, can, you cannot win. Like, it is it, wrong. But is Cam Newton, right? In a sense, is there tears of quarterbacks? Can we say that? yes. There are tiers of quarterback. Is anyone on the same level of Patrick Mahomes in the last four or five years? No. Patrick Mahomes has been a very elite quarterback. Regardless, at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is, can I say there's tiers? We can all agree that there's tiers in quarterbacks. That is But that's not the discussion. I think if there's a chance for you to go win a game and you go win a game, that's what you do. Dak Prescott, there's a crazy stat – He has, I think, 16 drives where he goes down and win the game. Is anyone throwing the ball? But him? No. Dak Prescott's doing that. At the end of the day, you can't be faulted for having a good foundation. You can't be. Right? Dak Prescott's not drafting. these. Your GM, your owners are putting the team together. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I think that's a, a, a lot of times where we do. We justify people's greatness, people's success for what they have. At the end of the day, who cares, right? It's about who has the best team. It's a team sport. If Dak doesn't play very well and we're playing very well and we pick up the slack for him, then my damn, that's how we do it. That's what teamwork is for. You won't be able to tell a weak person if six people are carrying a couch. You can only tell a weak person if one is trying to carry the couch or maybe two because it's starting to tilt, right? Like, let's be realistic here. And, and then on the flip side, a lot of people in the media have brought up Cam Newton's career to discredit his opinion. And this is the part where I hate, right? I grew up a Cam Newton fan. I'm all for Cam. I I was a Panthers fan. I had the Cam cleats, the Under Armour Cam cleats, because I wanted to be like Cam Newton, right? We're not going to sit here and act like Cam Newton's not an MVP, right? Just because he didn't play as long as Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Kurt Warner, and and a, a bunch of other greats that played this game does not discredit Cam Newton's opinion. And cannot act like we don't know that Cam knows the game of football. He played at an MVP level. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the game at a point in his career. Before the shoulder surgeries and all that other stuff, Cam Newton was that guy. And if you watch the full video, he makes a great point. People oftentimes disguise the truth with criticism, right? They didn't go in to think what Cam meant. They started attacking him, right? Why are you attacking him? If you rebuttal Cam, great. But why are you attacking him? Cam knows more ball than 85% of analysts, right? If you never played the game, if you never coached it or been at a high level, how would you ever know what really goes on, right? People now, right, and, and this is the problem with the big bully media where we always get into it, they want you to just shut up and let them handle it so they just want you to, so they, they're trying to try to bully you out of the media. And they're like, they want to tear a person down. That's why I'm like, everyone has a platform. To, this is a land of the free. Like you can speak whatever you want on any service you want, whether people like it or not, you're due to your opinion. It is not wrong for what he said. And he corrected himself. So let Kim say whatever he wants in a category where He was elite. Cam, 32,382 yards, 194 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts and Lamar's breaking his records, but Cam was a guy, and and we can't act like that. So let's not get into that, right? But he's not wrong. Because at the end of the day, when you think about certain teams, you do say, hey, they do have this, but it's just over-criticism because we don't have nothing else to talk about. You know, I do think, Tyreek Hill is an MVP favorite. I think Tyreek Hill can almost hoop. I think Tyreek Hill could go to any team in the NFL and do what he's doing. I don't think you have to be Patrick Mahomes or Tua to throw it to Tyreek at all. You know, so there's parts of it where you can agree, and if people took it personally, you can say, I see why. But in reality, he's not wrong but you shouldn't fault a guy for having a good team because he didn't put it together. So that's kind of like how I feel about it. it. Agree to disagree. Let's just go in something from last week. We're, we're going to get into the Patrick Mahomes fiasco, the frustrations, um, him visibly upset. Patrick was visibly upset to Josh Allen um, on the sidelines. Is Patrick right for being upset I think absolutely. And then also you can say absolutely not. And this is kind of why I say it, right? Patrick Mahomes can be upset because it's a football is emotional. It's hard to win an ups in the game. And then when you when you're about to win in the fashion they won, you hate to see why they lost. It's okay to feel upset because how much you put into the game and you want your team to win desperately. Why people may say it's not okay is because Patrick Mahomes is a leader. He's a franchise quarterback. He he shouldn't show emotion. You know, the whole mantra ego that men can't show emotion is not good for their brand or whatever you want to say. Emotion is perfectly fine. I don't think that he should not be able to show his immersion? Couldn't he have toned it down? Yeah, for sure. But this is why I do think it's okay because if we look at where Kadarius Tony's standing, right? And and trust me, I get this a lot. Before they call me alignment offsides, I would get a warning from my coaches. Then I'll get a warning. The ref would come up to me personally and say, hey, you've been offsides. And if I'm looking at this correctly, and I, I saw something earlier in the week that there was multiple times where Kadarius Tony was aligned like this. If I'm looking at this correctly, I feel like there's just certain things you don't call in this space. You have to give warnings. Like, cause he was aligned like this a couple other times throughout this game. So it's just the inconsistencies of the game. I get it. The rule is not wrong. He was off sides. I get it. I get it. 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 I think this is a tough call either way. Very tough call. Uh, but I do think there's one thing to have the motion on the sideline, um, but you just can't let it carry. I don't think he'll let it carry this week. Uh, Patrick is obviously a great quarterback and he does a lot of great things, and he's a great leader. So they'll overcome this. But it just is what it is. You know it. You can't control everything that happens in the game. There's When you have uh, refs and umpires, they have controllability too, right? They control a part of the game. Um, and that just is what it is. Something else I want to get into, I saw my man Zach Wilson go crazy. Um, I want to get a big shout out. That's what it looks like to play loose. He had nothing to lose and had a career day. Couldn't have been more proud of him. Uh, gave him a big shout out, like major. Um, that was dope to see. I hope I continue to see that. Zach, just keep putting on the film. If you want to be in this league, just keep putting that film on that you can play great ball. You don't need anyone to believe in you. You just need your loved ones. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. Period. At the end of the day, you know there's a guy named Aaron Rodgers who's going to come back, and you know that's going to be their guy. I think everyone's made that public and whatever. But if they decide to move on from you, you want to show these people something they can remember, and that was your first step. And I felt that when I was watching, I was like, "That is dope to see, very dope." Let's get into Charges' historic loss. Sheesh! When I first saw them, like I would, they said, "Are you going to watch the game?" And I said, "Probably not. Like it's the Charges. They both don't have their quarterbacks. Like whatever." And my friend texted group chat, "Yeah, this game's over. It's four nine zero at half." I said, "What? Ain't no way." I checked ESPN and said, what? I I mean, I couldn't believe it. And then the final score is 63-21. This was the most points Los Angeles had allowed in franchise history and the most Las Vegas have ever scored. Raiders lost last week 3-0 to the Vikings. Am I surprised Brandon Staley got fired? Probably not, considering that type of game. I mean, this is tough. I mean, do games like this happen? Yes, like, we beat the Vikings bad at home. Um, I mean, we got beat going up to 49ers. I mean, blowouts happened. Like, the Vikings came back on the Bills. I mean, not blowouts, but things that shouldn't happen. And, I mean, people are talking about he blew a 27-0 lead to the Jaguars in postseason last year. Comebacks happened. I mean, the coach, coach did get fired when he blew that lead. I mean, that happened. But they do happen, Like right? We're not going to act like blowouts don't happen. I mean, this is it was an extreme blowout, but they happen. I mean, didn't the Dolphins blow out the Broncos? Like, it is the NFL, right? And then they put up a, a re- They didn't break the record, but it, was, it wasn't like 72 or 73 points. So I'm not going to say he's wrong. And believe it or not, I believe Sean Payton was the head coach. So he's not wrong. Blowouts, games like this do happen, but... I think he was already borderline, so a game like that can't happen for you. You know, that's kind of like the choosy-choosy modifications. And then there was a point in the game people were saying, why are there Austin Eckler celebrate? offensive players signaling first down when they're losing, right? I think this is more just confidence, and especially as a captain, right, and you're still in the game down 6-3 to 7. You need to keep boosting your team and wanting them to play. I don't care where you're at. This is, a games like this is how you can lose the locker room. Whether you're losing or winning, you need to have the same energy and the same commitment to your team. It Like, I don't think it matters what the score is. You should have energy. It, it's just like, right, you have bench players or people who don't play. Whether the team is winning or losing, do you not expect them to stand up and boost the team? So what does it matter if you're in the side on the field? The energy needs to always be the same. It's called being a good teammate. It's called being a good teammate, period. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You need to be a good teammate. To celebrate, I don't care. Be excited for your teammates. Be excited you got a first down. You need to, It's called building. It's called growing. And obviously, my dog, Max Crosby pulled up to the desk shirtless with a cigar. Max has 13 and a half sacks this year. I mean, we're really battling that with these sacks. Max is balling. He's having an unbelievable year. He's hooping. This is the year he told me he was going to have, and I believe him. People are wondering if Bill Belichick is parting ways with the uh, Patriots after the season as he going to the Chargers. Is that a good fit? I believe so. I think Justin Herbert shows his value to this team, how much they need him. Bill Belichick knows how to win close games. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches, and he'll get a quarterback that cares and shows effort, and he'll put him in a great position to win. I think it will be a great tandem. And they have great defensive players. Bill's known for his defense. I think this would be great. Um, This is a team who lost in a margin of three, the most three-point, less-than-three-point games in the last three, four years. I think Bill Belichick puts some over the top, without a doubt. Very excited to see this offseason. I think this offseason is going to be one of the craziest offseasons we've seen in a very long time. Very long time. Let's take some final questions from the chat before we get into Cowboys versus Bills. Is Tommy DeVito's agent the most stylish agent in the NFL? Absolutely not. I think my boy David Mulligan is the most stylish agent in the NFL. He's, uh, he's that guy, you know, for sure. If you ever see Dave pop out, he going to pop out. Uh, when did Max tell you he was having a big year? Uh, when, we were, when I was in Vegas at Von Miller's uh, Pass Rush Summit camp, me-, me and Max talked a lot. We was going over some Pass Rush stuff. And uh, you know, we we're just talking about the years and what we about to have and you know, everybody was kind of talking a little bit of trash. Um, Max got more sacks to me right now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step up. You know, I definitely we definitely had a little uh a little one well, gonna we'll have a better year and stuff like that. So uh, it's a it's a close race right now. Uh it's gonna be exciting to see these last four games. What advice do you have for Mozzie Smith getting the opportunity now to hank is out? I actually talked to Mozzie last week. And, you know, as a teammate for me, uh, some people, it's funny because D-Law and all them other people have a a saying for me. And it's like, man, sometimes you could just come off like an A-hole. It's like, why? Like, I feel like I'm one of the nicest people. And uh, it's the way that someone says something to you. And sometimes, right, I'm emotional how I like to get things done. But I tell you, what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And sometimes people don't like that. And uh, and Mozzie was like, man, tell me what I need to do. I'm going to be great, bro. And one thing I told Mazzy, I was like, bro, you got to come in here with intent every day to get better. Um, You got to have that unbelievable amount of faith in yourself that we haven't, because we need you. I was like, we, I want to beg for you if I didn't believe you had the potential of what you could be. And especially as a young guy. And I'm not really familiar with his position, but I told Mozzie, like we need you if we want to win this thing. We need Mozzie Smith to be his best, and uh, I think that's something he took personal. I think this week, I think I'm excited to see how he plays and that big step that he makes. What's the most difficult part you think of playing against Josh Allen? Um, for me, I think the most difficult part is how good Josh is and how good he is with his legs and extending plays. Um, his energy is contagious. I mean. Josh is second to none on on, uh, the type of player he is. It's going to be a very exciting matchup. Lots of people want to know about the weather in Buffalo. Are you worried about playing Buffalo? 49 degrees and raining. Do people not understand? I'm from Penn State. I'm from up north. I am very well used to this type of weather. Penn State weather used to be atrocious. Atrocious. Like, it was no fun, but we're used to it. I'm from Penn State, baby. Like, we're used to this. But, we're getting the Bills, Cowboys Bills. Bills are coming off a big win in Kansas City fighting for a playoff spot. Not currently in the playoffs with a 76 record. Josh Josh Allen leads the NFL in total touchdown. And Doc Prescott leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. I'm just looking for two great quarterbacks to battle out. I know they're going to come down. It's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a very exciting game, especially with the weather conditions. Who can overcome the adversity? Who's going to be able to drive down and make the big plays at the big plays and at the right time? It's going to be very exciting. Um, Whose idea was it to put pitches of the Bills on equipment? Trust me, it wasn't my idea. This is all offense. Uh, defense, we kind of just talk about the ball and it's shark week for us and things like that. But, you know, this is their own thing the offense guys decided to do. Uh, Bills offensive coordinator Joe Brady said made a comment about me this week. And he said, he said, he decided when he wanted to, he wanted to play wide receiver for at the cam. He was the best wide receiver in the camp. Everything he's doing in the NFL doesn't surprise me at all. An absolute freaking athlete. Well, Joe Brady, I am playing wide receiver this week, and I want your best corner. That's how I feel about it, and that's the truth. I might be the best wide receiver that no one's ever seen. No one's ever seen. Trust, I'm coming. I'm playing wide receiver next week. Eleven and eighty-eight. Eleven and eighty-eight and three about to take this thing over man simple i'm coming out of back out of retirement i see y'all sunday i'll be lined up as wide receiver the catch at the bag now take that for bait or whatever y'all want to say thank y'all for tuning in to the podcast i see y'all on sunday i'm going to get a touchdown baby simple